every facet shall be explored. Yes. You don't have to talk like it's Hellraiser just because we were supposed to do Hellraiser tonight. (laughs) Every facet shall be explored. We have such sights to show you. All we had to do is wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle. I gotta say, we're doing Hocus Pocus, Hellraiser crossover. The character I want to see as a Cenobite, the fucking bus driver. No, he already was. I, I, we, we, we really got, I, I absolutely want to talk about the bus driver. You guys want to just dive in? I've, Let's I've dive got... in. All right. Let's do it. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, it is Ben's birthday, so we're talking about about a film that is, dare I say, a sensation, a movie that people grew up on, something that shaped who people are. That's right, it's Hocus Pocus. I'm not going to say how old I'm... I'm not I think gonna it will say how old, obvious I'm how old everybody is <laughs> when we talk about this movie. But by the fact that my pick was Hocus Pocus should give you some clues. Yeah, it will become quickly evident what people's various age ranges are, I think. <laughs> so I'm your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. First, they're here to challenge sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary. My co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I feel very confident saying Hocus Pocus. This movie was my first exposure to Madonna as an entity. Hmm. Speaking of showing her ages. Hmm. I was not aware of the existence of a being known as Madonna until I watched Hocus Pocus. So again, how old am I? That should give you a real fucking clue that I'm watching Hocus Pocus, but don't know who the fuck Madonna is. And how Jewish you are. Oh, so goddamn Jewish. (laughs) This movie, for a movie that uh, is about witches and, and the references to the devil several times, pretty Jewish. There's a reason I really connected with this movie. Yeah. It's campy, it's Halloween-y, it's Jewy, it's got everything. And the cinnamon roll of Cenobites, our co-host, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I've seen this movie before, but only now could I appreciate the amazing cameos that we have, such as Madonna and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, there's a kid fucking just walking by dressed as Sonic the Hedgehog. Were there any other IP costumes or was it just somehow Sonic? No, there were other IP costumes for sure. I saw some Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, costumes. Gosh, I saw somebody in a Mrs. Potts costume, which is a kid. See, that makes sense. Now it would all be Disney stuff in the background if they were to make this. Well, they did remake this several years later. But before we start talking about that, let me introduce our guest tonight, comics writer and editor, and I feel safe saying friend of the show, Joe Corallo. Oh. Welcome back, Joe. Thanks for having me back. Uh, thank you fun. for being here it's... for this one. Of course. So this was a movie that, you know, Disney Channel was on heavy rotation in, in the con household, like, growing up. I was up. under the impression for years that it was a Disney Channel movie. It is It is not. It did release in theaters. Apparently, it did yes. horribly and then became yeah. popular on the Disney Channel years later. In, does in not fairness, look... it did premiere the same weekend as Free Willy. Okay, yeah, that fucking whale. But, but you know what? Jokes of... on it. 
I still see Hocus Pocus brought out every year. When's the last time you fucking heard anyone talk about Free Willy? I gotta say the music in Free Willy is better, but that that's true. Did you ever see there was a Free Willy cartoon? No, everything was it like Godzilla the animated series where Willy just goes around, swims around to a bunch of sea worlds and like fights against evil sea world, like Jurassic World type creatures. Did I get it right? Yeah. No, because the the they had to create a villain because it was a cartoon. So right. there was a it's it's there sea was world. a Sea World that was the villain. In this in the cartoon, oh. it was a cyborg. Amazing. Well, it's a cartoon in the nineties. There's a cyborg like super villain in the Free Willy cartoon. Did Free Hell Willy yes. have abs? Did I don't have a dolphin sidekick named Free Wally. <laughs> the the Free Willy reboot is just like fucking some like animal rights group just suing like the SeaWorld Park like out of existence. Was that yeah. did they make a sequel to Free Willy? There's they made two. Willy too, yeah. Well, I know, I know, but like Free Willy no, three. Who they did make sequels? Kept... My bad. Did they make a remake recently? I don't believe so. Okay. Now I didn't. That's what I, I was. I probably did watch the sequels. I have zero recollection of them. Was this the same whale that just kept fucking getting kidnapped over and over again? Or one kid who's just going around freeing a bunch of whales? I don't know. I don't remember Free Willy 2. I remember Free different? Willy a lot. But Free Willy yeah. 2, not so much. I, or, is I it different, or is it like total reboot? Different kid, different animal. Free Willy 2, he's helping a walrus escape, maybe. I, I think like the Lost World. He finds a second location where they have another whale locked up. yeah. Were there multiple whales in the other ones? I mean, there were other creatures. All I remember is the one whale. And I mean, I'm trying to game this franchise out to Willy World, a mind-blowing science fiction movie that explores the concept, what if whales weren't endangered? Or... Well, we'll never get there, so... We'll ne- we'll never know. Yeah. Well, that's that's why we use fiction to explore the impossible. <laughs> I was thinking it was gonna be like Willie, but like there's an undersea like human park, and that's Willie's Okay. World. And he like takes okay. all of his trainers and puts them in like small pods and makes them do tricks as revenge. I love this concept. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. You had me with Tricks as Revenge. Yeah. So it's pretty much Saw, but instead of a puppet, it's a whale. Well, I feel like it's more, like, sympathetic to the whale. The whale is objectively the protagonist, but otherwise. Now, we gotta gotta talk now about the director of this film, Kenny Ortega. Yeah. Because he he did direct this film. And I could talk for a while about how he also directed all three Descendants movies, how he directed High School Musical, how he directed the Michael Jackson concert film, This Is It. But all I really want to talk about (laughs) is how he directed the video for Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machines, Rhythm Is Gonna Get You. Yeah, also Newsies. He did Newsies. Yep. Newsies is his first feature film, I believe. God, I think I'm yeah, but um, as choreographer, though, starting off with uh, Xanadu, the movie that ended Gene Kelly, that's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. not because it ended Gene 
Yeah, but it was it was legendary for its own. This man killed James Kelly. <laughs> he just he just came out of Zandu being like, "Well, I'm taking down Gene Kelly now to take down the rest of Hollywood." And and I like Zandu. I know it's not the most popular take, but I I thought that movie was pretty okay. That's a I really good endorsement. Pretty okay, says Joe Corral, though. Okay, listeners, hit us at uh, Twitter at Prague Horror Pod and give us your hottest Xanadu takes. <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, he choreographed several, like, music videos for Olivia Newton-John, some of which correspond with Xanadu, but uh, got some choreography for Rod Stewart in there. Oh, he choreographed Let's Get Physical. I mean, what... This man is a legend. What else do we need to say? Yeah, I mean, no, there's only one musical number in this movie, but it goes so completely unnecessary. Yeah, there's a good piece too. It is wildly unnecessary. It is also objectively the best scene in the movie. I put a spell on you is fucking iconic. Oh, it is. We're gonna if we're gonna talk legendary here. We also have three different writers on this now. Neil Cuthbert and Mick Garris have interesting careers that are sort of diverse in different ways. But I really do think we should talk about David Kirshner, who you may know from An American Tale or Five Goes West or any number of other. Titan A.E. Yeah. Really? Titan A.E. Titan A.E. with the CGI and the Creed and the like Drew Barrymore as an Asian lady. Page Master. Yeah, he's he's all over the childhood of the nineties. It's it's wild. Five Goes West, I think, just outdoes Hocus Pocus for the, the best of these. Or an American tale outdoes Hocus Pocus for the best of these. This I was gonna say, like yeah. this movie is a very iconically like nineties kids movie. Yeah. On levels. We we also have oh, to yeah. stress though that David is really has been at the Chucky franchise from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, and stayed with it, mostly in a producing capacity, but, and, and is involved in the show that's going on now. He's, he's been at it from the beginning. So, I mean, so some that real horror make, roots here. That all yeah. makes sense because there is an understanding of camp. Yes. To it, like, that, that the Chucky franchise absolutely nails. He, he is well noted as both the creator of the Chucky doll and the, the creator specifically of the Tiffany doll. So yeah. I watched this movie a lot as a kid because every October fucking the Disney channel would air this movie at least like once a day at just various hours. Yeah. Like this movie was in constant rotation. So this just became a Hollywood like staple of like nineties kids, Halloween movies. I think yeah. like, I think it was like Nightmare Before Christmas, Hope Focus, and Ernest Stupid really kind of <laughs> established that really kind of like, as for 90s kids, that suburban Halloween trick-or-treat aesthetic of like, this well, is I what mean, Halloween looks like. Upcycled from the slashers, you know, upcycled from, and I say upcycled because it's definitely repurposed and, you know, like... The slasher is light, right? We have these yes. movies that have this this kind of aesthetic. And, you know, this is, like, pretty, like, in the midst of Tim Burton's, like, 
big time, you know? So Tim Burton was like really like hot. He's so hot right now. At least right now in 1993. I mean, he's coming I off. I was of, thinking of the Zoolander reference. I mean, he's oh, yeah, coming yeah, off yeah. two Batman movies. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've fully am referencing Zoolander when I say something so hot right now. But yeah. we should talk a little bit about the, the multi-tiered cast of this movie. Yeah. Because, like, it's cast it's very weird for a, a movie that is for children. Mostly that the three main characters, I I guess they're as, as main as anybody is in this movie, are the witches who were played by uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy. An all-star lineup, if there ever was one. The, the um, witches are absolutely yeah. the main characters. Absolutely. Yeah. They're the of, ones you of, care about. They're, they're an all-star lineup of, of like people that your aunt or your gay uncle really love. Like, yes. yes. God, like when they announced Hocus Pocus 2, nobody was going like, ooh, we'll get to see what Max has been up to. <laughs> nobody, not a fucking soul. The, I mean, because you have, so there's the kid actors. There's, we talked about the like kid actors from the screen of it that's in the 1600s. They're awful. And then there's Agui, the kid actors. Why took you so long? The, They're children. Come on. Thackeray. Kid- <laughs> I hate that his name was Thackeray. Thank God they fucking called him Binks during like 80% of yeah, the movie. Yeah, I don't know what Every time they said Thackeray, I got so mad. The teenage boy that plays Thackeray is so bad that he doesn't even get to do his voice as the cat. They have somebody else do that voice for him. Yeah. Like his, his acting, his, his vocal acting is not good and his like Actual physical acting is very like stagey, so he's not good. Once we get to the present, Max and Allison, who are I guess are our main protagonists in this, both of them are fine, but are way outshined by Thora Birch as the younger sister Danny. Who, if you were watching this movie, you'd be like, "Oh, that's the one who's going to have a, a movie career after this." Obviously, hundred yes. percent. Also, yeah. her witch costume outfit, fucking iconic. I love yeah. it. I love it. Incredible, so, incredible fall look. Did Did anyone catch in the movie that Max is a virgin? Did Did anyone hear her when? Because they just kind of mention it. It like, was kind really of subtle. Quick. Yeah, it was interesting it was how like, they implied so it. So downplayed. Just, just kind of let you put it together. They really, 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 really want you to know that the fifteen year olds in this movie are not fucking. Like, I. It's just very. It's very important that you know the fucking status of the fifteen year olds in this movie. Oof. Well, yeah, like, so like why did they all of that is all of that is made up for by the fact that Doug fucking Jones pops yeah. up halfway through this movie. Yeah, he's not a virgin. Yeah, Literally pops Doug up Jones. out of the ground. Doug, that zombie fucks. That zombie fucks, he fucks I'm, before and after death. I'm sorry. Between Sarah Jessica Parker and Doug Jones, pretty much any goth of any orientation got some kind of awakening out of this movie. Absolutely. Also, I gotta give a mention to Charles Rocket, the uh, you know Max's dad, and, and obviously oh. his dad, who people might also recognize as the villain from Dumb and Dumber. I remember Amazing. this. Also, yes. his costume as Dad Eula is definitely sounds like the title of a movie we would cover on this podcast. Yeah, where's Dad? Yeah. that's the that's the people. Know. I feel like the closest you get to that is the Hotel Transylvania franchise. Ooh. Yeah, that's very. That's exactly what that movie is. Oh, okay. And I, I don't feel like we can go into talking about what happens in this movie without also mentioning 
the surprise guest appearances by Gary and Penny Marshall. Just yeah. like Incredible. Gary Marshall as the devil. It, yes. That whole scene, amazing. Yeah. I think that's like, the best scene in the movie. movie. Like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. so much of the comedy in this movie is legitimately very funny. Yeah. When it when it works and when, when like, it's like like that it because that whole bit like you're saying where uh, he goes like they call me master and shit and Penny Marshall's just like wait till I hear what I call you you know <laughs> this whole bit, like, like, it's, it's it's very kid friendly but it's solid like just the general Three Stooges vibes of the sisters so delightful to watch they're all just so dumb and different wonderful flavors of dumb I like, love, they're all idiots i love their little but, like calming circle and mm-hmm. she's like oh my god the calming circle being amazing. honest with myself and my feelings sister like their dynamic is just fucking wonderful also but also yeah yes now I, I was just gonna say it's kid friendly but then there's random scenes like that scene where the kids watch what they think are the witches being burned alive to death cutting yeah. immediately to them like frolicking in the street being like oh boy we did yeah, and it's I, like, I, I did want to get to that eventually which was yeah dot 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 trigger warning question mark holocaust imagery yeah, yeah. That's, that's a weird scene we talked about there's, there's there's so many this movie is just like taped together weird scenes that end up becoming something better because it also has the the scene with Don Yeso who plays the bus driver who like oh like, the bus know, driver first of all the bus driver is mad horny for the witches and yes has, yes like we yes. were saying kid friendly but has this line where the witches get on the bus and and uh, Bette Midler is like we're looking for or we want children and he says well my take you lost guys but I think try. I can get you there I lost God. my mind. That bus driver is, look, I know that bus driver is a fucking aggressive weirdo, but he's also my favorite character in the movie. It's like, what if you like, got on a bus and fucking Andrew Dice Clay was driving it? Like, like, what if, like, a horny insult comedian just immediately, like, just started, like, flirting with you with a bizarrely good amount of game? You know, <laughs> I thought he was funny. He was a oh, I agree. Freak, but I he think was, what yeah. helped that situation is that you know that he would be incinerated at any moment by the by the witch sisters, which made yes. his like attempts kind of charming. You know, if he was doing that to anybody else, I think that that's one of the fun things about how this movie kind of slides through certain you know situations like that. But and like incredible all the horny lines. lines, the horny incredible also lines. like. How Sarah Jessica Parker or Sanderson is like, oh, a boy, I want to play with him. The <laughs> mom's Madonna costume. Oh, and yeah. Da- tell yeah. me, Mom, Donna, and Dacula were not planning on just having the most filthy of married sex that night in costume. That and like, you know, maybe mixing it up a bit. Maybe. Yeah. And oh, I so mean, are we saying that this was a swingers party at City Hall? Because I'm down for that. I mean, is they, that where we're going? I don't think it was exclusively, but I'm dead. The Massachusetts I'm down for this, all these fucking Halloween. They, they, they called them key parties back then, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I do love how obsessed with Halloween this town is. Like, 
the scene at the beginning with him in the classroom is legitimately insane. That like, teacher is fucking him, killing it, though. Just this, him as the California tie-dye skeptic against <laughs> this this classroom teacher and every student to the man who is all of them like real. And yes, as it turns out, they'd end up being completely correct. But at that point, but like still religiously convinced in the existence of a Halloween spookiness. This movie would be 50% better if in that scene, instead of being like, you guys don't really believe this. He was like, you know, witch trials were used to like, Punish women who had too much power and like, you know, yeah, that would be like the a California. feminist take on why <laughs> on why like now. you know, celebrating burning witches was not cool instead of being like, you yeah, know, witches were real. Yeah, I love like, that the, this, the tie-dye California boy is the quote unquote skeptic. He tries it's- to be like he tries to connect with like what's her name? Allison by just being like, Yeah, it's just yeah, spooky fun and stuff like that. And she responds with the fucking dead-eyed conviction of a Scientologist. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's that we've been rewatching Parks and Rec recently, but this really reminded me of like Ben and Little Sebastian. Little Sebastian, (laughs) yes. Where he's just like, I don't get it. It's a small horse. Like, I don't know why everybody's so crazy about this shit. Yeah. Like, to the degree that this man dressed as the fake cop, not only is he dressed as a police officer, he made his own Salem police patch with a witch's silhouette as the logo. Hell yeah. Don't they have that? If they don't, then that's a wasted opportunity. But then, you know, then they can be like, called witch hunters. This man was, goddamn. I do love that scene. And again, it just shows this like weird kid adult line this movie walks. Yeah. Of, we're just so used to how like and useless police officers are but to actually that like we accept the not believing scene without question that again i've seen this movie fucking 15 times it's not a surprise but i think that's still a great punchline that he's not even a cop yeah yeah yeah. and how he like responds and he just is like all right get on the sidewalk yeah that is just a great a mass hall do we want to do a recap of the movie real quick? We can do this. It's the past. Witches are around. They're eating the light. They're sucking the life force out of kids and making weirdly sensual moans while they do so. I didn't like that part. Yeah, so anyway, they turn the brother into a cat and make him immortal. And then the rest of the village is like, food, kid murdering witches. They just fucking hang those witches. But she puts a very elaborate, specific curse that's honestly a bad curse because it takes 300 years for it to kick in and for someone to actually bring her back to life. Some real Rita Repulsa getting off the moon type shit because we get (laughs) California skeptic Max who doesn't (laughs) believe in Halloween, but he he wants to impress Allison. He believes in peace and he's got his little sister, Danny, who's way better than him in every way yeah. and is way more interesting and is way more fun as a protagonist if only because she likes Halloween and I also like Halloween. California Skeptic Max is seven syllables for all of you haiku enthusiasts out there. There you go. Hold on. There's also bullies. 
Well, we're gonna fucking get into bullies. <laughs> I can trust you, me. Bring that a fucking uh, Power Rangers. W- we are going to get into yeah. This these fucking bulk and skull motherfuckers. Ice, arguably the most '90s dressed man in the universe, and fucking giggling hyena, young Steven Tyler over here is the other boy. <laughs> it was funny. I was watching Literally this with named the, Jay. Yeah, Jay and silent and not so silent ice but like these jay my my buddies i had one of my buddies with me and who's in her 20s so she's much younger than i am but she was still like man back in high school all my friends would have just like dropped trout for jay okay no you say that jay looks good in pictures but then you watch him and i'm so glad jay wasn't in much of that movie because fucking at least eight times he just fucking like throws his head back and just pulls on like green goblin cackles. I mean, I love and it. It is the most annoying fucking laugh. It was really? like weird and fun. But then by like fucking cackle six, I'm like, I need Jay to get fucking dead like now. Anyway, they steal his shoes because we're in a magical world where this 15 year old boy is clearly the same size shoes as these bullies who get fucked if they weren't at least in their mid 20s. So <laughs> To impress Allison, they go to the Sanderson sister house and him being a little bit, you know, being a cocky big shot who wanted to not be a virgin anymore, which he is, as the movie will remind you instantly to a uncomfortable degree. He decides he's going to light the candle because it's not real, except, uh oh, the black flame candle is. And the Sanderson sisters are back and they're dumb, but they want though. So drip is immaculate, though. Oh, the drip is so, oh, the drip. <laughs> oh, let me tell the fucking drip Somalias came and they fucking did the, they fucking laid out a curated drip for all I three think, of these Sanderson sisters. I think Icons. the devil was there, like, they definitely had, the, like, either the devil or a demon who were all real because how else are they going to have their power? Fucking, oh, Black This Phillip, was the devil Black from Phillip. Village. You, yeah, Black you will not was... convince me that Hocus Pocus and the Vivage don't take place in the same universe. Absolutely, I'm really somehow. I'm so pissed off that the new Hocus Pocus movie didn't have Anya Taylor Joy in it. Like them being like, "Oh, sisters, we have to go and talk to the head witch about coming is... from blah blah blah," and it's like fucking Anya Taylor Joy, and she's like Thomas. Which is really, like... which is honestly really weird because it kind of feels like Anya Taylor Joy isn't everything these days, right? That's why I'm saying, yeah. like, get her in there. And probably the movie would have done better if she was in it. And she is not a complete like, great actress. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, she's great. She's great to be in it. And she could be there and she'd be in the prettiest dress and she'd be eating all the butter and she'd be like, Satan's great. And the Sanderson sisters, like, damn, can we, t- can we pull that off? Damn. damn. I have a strong I, feeling I'm that Sarah imagining... Jessica Parker would not allow herself to be on the screen at the same time as Anya Taylor Joy. That that feels accurate. Like also, a Emily, situation. The scene, yeah, the the <laughs> scene you just painted, like with your words, I'm just when that interpreted in my head. I'm just imagining Anya Taylor Joy in like a fancy like gown at a super nice restaurant, sitting at the table, just like staring at someone, just eating a stick of butter like <laughs> it was a corn dog. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh my god. She's like, I got, uh, I figured it out. I juiced all the babies. The problem that you guys so, have, is that you have to like breathe the w- weird air around the kids, and that's uncomfortable. 
I just go insane. off screen and juice a baby. Just just a little just a little baby juice as a treat. So anyway, the Sanderson <laughs> sisters need to try to get their book back from Max and Danny. They bring back Dan Doug Jones, the fucking Winifred zombie ex. And we pretty much get about like 50 minutes to an hour of Halloween chase around shenanigans. Ultimately ending with, you know, the witches supposedly defeated, but not being able to get the book. And the sunrise is going to kill him because that's what the rules of the movie decided. It's a movie. It's fictional. It can do that. It can make up its own rules. But they, but Max and Allie, they open the book. So, boom, big light comes up. They get the book. They kidnap Danny. More action scenes take place. They, you know, until we finally get back to the cemetery, which is our big act three climax cemetery, where it's a race against time. Can the witches suck up a kid's soul before sunrise? No. And zombie the end. is there. Yeah, they die. Zombie Doug Jones, like, just fucking, like, thumbs up, pieces out to be the only character, to be the only other character to return in the sequel. Regular. <laughs> Doug Jones, always available. Oh, yeah. Doug Jones is always down. Banks gets to go be a ghost human and go to heaven with his fucking, re- with his Hallmark greeting card of a little sister. So, first thing, how pissed would you, if you're Danny, how pissed would you be that you would no longer have an immortal talking cat that you can like give to your children and your children's children. Like Danny was fucking gaming this out of yeah, her, like of her family as just the generations long keeper of this immortal cat. Yeah, like I'm totally like, come on, what I want that to be my legacy. I want to, I want to like a talking black cat that is immortal that I can, I can, I would, I might even have a kid. If who wouldn't want a non who wouldn't want a non sassy Salem? Even a sassy Salem. Well, I'm saying he's the non sassy. He's like he is B grade Salem from Sabrina. Yeah. Well, the only problem I think with Max that he or not Max. What's the kids? What's the Banks? Banks. Fucking Thackeray. Thackeray Banks. Real quick. Speaking of drip. When uh, Thackeray Binks went, went in there to save his sister and failed, he was so, like, ripping with sweat. Like, how did he, he get He climbed so up the water wheel to get in there. Okay, but he was, like, sweaty before yeah. that. I don't know why he was just, like... I he... mean, he did grip his male friend and, and scream very loud past his ear about going to get his sister. I don't know what was up with any of that. But it was a Banks is gay. You you know exactly what's up with that. Banks is gay. You Banks know is, exactly what's up with that. Yeah, Banks is absolutely gay. And also he it was sixteen ninety three, so that's why everyone looks so nineties. All those nineties haircuts, yeah. Yeah, all the nineties haircuts in sixteen ninety three. Everybody had the haircut like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Jonathan it's Taylor Thomas. <laughs> for you comic fans, all, for you comic fans who weren't around for the '90s, it's the ultimate Peter Parker haircut. Yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of the '90s, I swear to God, I've seen these gentlemen who have like uh, Jeremy shared with us in the chat pictures of the actors who play Jay and Ice, Ice aka Ernie, and I swear to God, I've seen these gentlemen around in other stuff. 
Like they look incredibly familiar, and not just because I saw their their like the slightly post pubescent faces. The guy that played Jay has been several different police or agents of Shield or agents of of other things over the course of his career over the last few years. He went Bless. from being a pol- he went from he playing a gone- bully to playing a cop, which is not an uncommon trajectory. Wow! Wow! I- I feel like he's gone from being a Steven Tyler impersonator to a Walter Goggins impersonator. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what are those the mustache names? of somebody who wants to sell you a used Mustang is, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe also a used mustache. He looks like he has the mustache of someone who wants to sell you a used mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Thank you. So it's anti-corner. Anti-moth corner. Hi, it's me. Kids, let's talk a little bit about the 90s. We have some very 90s references. Also, Madonna in her cone tits outfit is only like a five-year-old reference in this movie, which for children who are the age of Danny at the time of this film, yeah, that could be a little bit baffling. But, and also maybe, I I don't know. At what age? I don't think you're at any age. Are you emotionally prepared to see your mother in a Madonna cone tits costume. Just was gonna just get there. Yeah, that's also what very important. What age were you when you first saw your mom in cone tits? Just, yeah, like, um, what, is the, what, what is the appropriate age? Because I'm in my 30s and I just don't think I'm the appropriate age for that. I mean, I saw Madonna's cone tits when they were like new and I was still, you know, and I was younger than Danny and I was like, that's interesting. And I thought it was hilarious. And whether if my mom dressed up like that, I probably would have died. I probably would be dead now because I just would die of, of complete and utter shock. I think the only way to see your mom dressed as Madonna with cone tits and survive is to like, as an adult, find a photo of a young version of your mom dressed like that. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, right. I mean, you still would yeah. get a bit of a shock of gray hair, but then at least that's fashionable. You know, you can go, you can dye it, you can do whatever. Now, seeing your dad in the cone tits, that's a little... Dad in the cone tits would be almost, like, relieving, honestly. I do want to appreciate that this fucking town, this fucking town's City Hall Halloween party fucking banging. Yeah, those guys in their, like, like corpse makeup. Party. Yeah, and this, like, not well, toy. Love the corpse makeup. Corpse makeup was amazing. The fucking yeah. ska band and the corpse makeup. Yeah. yeah. They got a ska band at the Halloween party. How much more fucking 90s can this movie honestly get? <laughs> well, the main bully, to be cool, tries to be Vanilla Ice. The kid is supposed to be tough, who's trying to be cool. He has, like, a Dan Flash's shirt a floor-length trench coat, a hat that looks like a fedora combined with a tortellini. He's, he kind of is like a cross between... Oh, and chains. Like, Don't forget the chain. I can't forget yeah. the chains. Yeah, he's a cross between like Ducky from Pretty in Pink and like a ska guy, like a member of the Squirrel Nut Zippers. His favorite bit. X-Men hey. is definitely Gambit. Absolutely. Yes. Did y'all know that if if you make a pentagram out of Beanie Babies and then play that's the impression that I get, you can actually summon ice. Like the ice ice baby? Or the no, character, like the character from, from Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he's in the one of the lesser grimoires of, of Solomon. He is the 90s demon. Yeah, unlike Max tonight, who's the 80s demon. So we have that. So, you know, the reason the date says ice and he has ice carved in the back of his hair 
is because of Vanilla Ice. And kids, if you don't know who Vanilla Ice is, don't worry about it. If you want to know who Vanilla Ice is, watch his watch, HGTV show. Watch his HGTV show, or better yet, watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret <laughs> of the Ooze, which will probably be more fun. He's the one who says, go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. He's responsible for the ninja rap. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a, I'm sorry. That chorus is a banger. Go ninja, go ninja, go. I'll bang to that one any day. I mean, it's not as good as T-U-R-T-L-E power, but that's like digital underground. So that's kind of an unfair standard for ice of the vanilla. Any Bottom flavor of ice, is, really. Yeah, I do yeah. like that the last we see of these bullies, they are still trapped in cages. And doing a round of rum rum boat. They're not bad singers. At what point one of the teases they give to Max is they ask him if he's dressed as a new kid on the block. No, yeah, that's another one. New yeah. kids on the block. Great cartoon as well. Great cartoon. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yes. That reference. Uh, Marky Mark has not aged quite as well. But anyway, um, so this has been your journey through the 90s. And especially the 90s that was experienced by white people on the East Coast, even though I was on the West Coast. Yeah, which let's make no mistake. This entire movie is an experience of white people. Oh, yeah, it is white people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) There is not a drop of melanin anywhere in this fucking movie. Except where there's the, the, what I assume is the black population of this town dressed up as the Supreme singing backup singers for... The, the very white Sanderson sisters singing a version of Screaming Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You. So that's a thing, I guess. I, I will also say this was my introduction to that song, really. Like, like oh, being aware thanks. of that. So like, yeah, because, yeah, I, I, I was pretty young when the movie came out. So I will proudly announce in my hipster fashion that my introduction to Screaming Jay Hawkins was the X-Files. Okay. They had him do a bunch of songs on the X-Files. And it was on the X-Files album, Songs in the Key of X, which is oh boy, very 90s. I think so- we should really talk about the feminism of this movie and the fact that we know that Billy Butcherson's an reanimated corpse because he was dating Winnie and then fooled around with Sarah. So when he killed him and cursed him, sewed his mouth shut and buried him underground. But they're still sisters and they love each other. Yeah. yeah. He, on the other hand, is oh, yeah, no, they did... to live as a zombie all of it forever and has his mouth yeah, shut like, for you... 300 years underground. You punish the dude, the, the bond of sisterhood, like, that's too important. Especially when you're in a coven. Also, yeah. I, I did yeah. want to add that I, in looking so up stuff about that. this movie, discovered that Doug Jones had a a plastic attachment with dentures that went in his mouth so that he could have real moths in his mouth in that scene where they cut the wow they cut the thing and he blows out moths. Doug Jones that. is such a fucking trooper. He's so good. And this yeah. is this is two years nothing but the best things for Doug Jones. Speaking of the best things for Doug Jones, this is two years before his incredible role in Tank Girl. Yes, it's true. Alongside Ice T as a kangaroo man. Speaking of the feminism of the movie, this, yes. this might be a stretch. I'm just thinking, you know, reflecting on the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's a guy who made the mistakes that led to everything that happened in this movie, more or less, in, in terms of, you know, 
uh, Max, is. like, mess yeah. it up. It's, oh, and, yeah, Dan, Danny and Allison did nothing wrong. Absolutely not. And it's, they're always asking male authority figures, and they're the ones that don't believe them when they mention yeah. the trouble they're all in. To be fair, it is revealed that the cop that they try to ask who is useless is not actually a cop. He's just a guy in a cop costume. Yes, that is true. But they keep appealing to what they presume are male authority figures who they go to the dad afterwards, who is also who is of no help. Yes, it is interesting that like this movie is really focused on being hyper aware of and judging the sexual activity of young boys. For once, young girls get a pass on their sexual activity. That's true. Yeah, I feel like it's lately implied bit. that Allison is not a virgin. In, in yeah, the it scene is where true. He was. It is a hundred percent implied that Allison is I, not a virgin. I, now that you say that, I wasn't thinking about that at all. But I believe, like, was it maybe like five or six years ago or something that there were like articles about that that were like being shared like prominently? Like, yes, because that was the era where we had. Where we had to take this very campy Halloween kids movie very seriously. I say on the podcast where we take horror movies very seriously. Yes, we take them yes. seriously. They never agreed to. This Look, just now, because I live in a glass house doesn't mean I can't throw a stone or two. I just, it's you know, true. Sometimes it's sugar glass. Sugar glass is delicious. Anyway, also this movie is feminist because... Sarah Jessica Parker's character is a total gremlin and she's like the most gremlin of them and she's the sexy one and I love it. I love that for her. I mean, Bette Midler is allowed to do everything Bette Midler does for the entirety of the movie. So I'm going to say it's feminist for that. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think recently Bette Midler had some some bad things to say on Twitter, but, you know, but in this movie, it's before that. And we're going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Like you try to judge people by their actions, and the actions of Bette Midler's life is that no matter what she may say or believe, she has in actuality inspired goddamn allegiance of drag queens with this movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you cannot unmake her influence, and there's a lot of you tell me that. Sanderson sisters out there that were, you know, the, the transition to be Sanderson sisters because of Bette Midler. So there. She's, she's, I feel like, in the same category with, like, Cher in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that it's not political, but I really want to talk about it. It's not something I really picked up, but maybe I haven't seen it since the HD era. Gee, I don't know what effects were used to make Binks the cat. But they were extremely uncanny Cat Valley. Oh, yeah. The, the talking part was bad. Very disturbing. Apparently, yeah. His face was always a little out of sync with the cat body. Yeah. Apparently, the original version of that that they created, like the special effects scene was like, we really want to make it look like a cat. And then like it came to Disney and Disney was like, cats are fucking horrifying. Did you know that? Yeah, make, Disney's give it very smaller teeth. Yeah, they make did. it I, less scary. I remember that I watched a special on Hocus Pocus when it came out, and it was about the CGI for the cat because this was one of the few movies in the nineties that had a cat that was not like fuck this cat because there was a lot of like problem child movies where like cat abuse was played for laughs in a lot of these movies. 
was a whole movie that was just like, what if cats versus dogs was an ancient conspiracy and the cats were just objectively evil? Yeah. It was less bad. It was not a good movie. Than uh, the animatronic Salem in the Sabrina show. Yeah. Was a bit like war jarring. I don't think by much, but like. Well, and that was like a hugely jarring difference between their puppet cat and a real cat because the puppet, you could like see the stitches on its nose, you know, like. I think with Salem, the effect was worse, but it it bothers me less. Like, this is like uncanny. This is explicitly like the uncanny valley effect, but for a cat. Yeah, it was it was definitely easier to take when it was on like VHS and 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 like old TV, you know. And I, I remember this, that the CGI is better than the CGI in the first Resident Evil movie, which is yes, yeah, true. Several yeah. years before, it's like the cat's eyes are just always kind of like subtly shifting in ways that like a cat's eyes don't move around. Well, it was yes. 1993 when when Jurassic Park came out, and you know the CGI was this new thing, and so we were like. Seeing all of this, I remember them like breaking down the some of the uh cat CGI talking and stuff. And they did specify they're like, we have to make these cats' teeth small smaller because it has to be a nice kitty cat. Yeah, um, Jurassic Park never figured out how do we make the raptors talk until the third one. <laughs> I saw that in theaters with like my grandpa, that oh, third no. Jurassic so, Park movie. But yeah, but other than that, other than all the CGI stuff, this cat is actually a fucking fantastic cat actor. And there's a lot of really great, like, I don't know how they train the cat, but they have so much, like, fantastic cat oh, moments. With, when when like, Danny's hugging him in the bed and he starts purring. Well, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that, that, that warmed my cold heart. The purr, the purr, I'm pretty sure, was superimposed. But, like, there's a couple yeah. scenes where you see the cat, like, bounding after them. And it's very definitely a real cat. And all of the cat's, like, body language is very positive. You know, like, I can see... When someone throws a cat into a into a scene, you know, like you can tell when someone is tossing a cat into a scene or when a cat is in a scene and only there to, like, get the food. But like they had this cat like batting at the actor's face and he had like the cat like jumping behind people and always with like proper cat body language. And so, and I feel like that's an important I mean, th- this cat is up there with the cat from The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And they didn't, and in Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, they, there was no CGI. It was just the cat looking at the camera. But yeah, definitely worth it for the cat, the cat door, the cat, the cactar, cactar. I was doing a cactar mo- move. Oh, I, I, we, I'm sure everybody knows. Emily has her elbows bent, one arm is up, one arm is down, leaning slightly to the side. And I do it, and I'm doing the thing. So the international symbol for a cactar. A thousand needles. Okay. Anyway. Here's the question for me. Nobody is actively queer in this movie, but given the cast, is it is it a gay movie? Is it is it LGBTQI plus movie? I think Bat Midler makes it automatic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what this movie gave to queer audiences is so undeniable. I mean, this is this movie is camp. This movie may not be gay, but it is clearly for the gays. All the yeah. little, all the little gay outsider children who needed a Halloween and dressing up to, you know, like finally be seen. And that was something because, again, you know me, 
I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies because they make me feel feelings about religious minority status. But Halloween movies are great because Halloween was always like, hey, this big mega tradition with all the pageantry and scale and all that. Fucking everyone. That's for everyone. You can be on that. You don't get to be a part of that other thing, but you can be a part of this thing. Yeah, it's also like like a white Anglo holiday and like from a start, but also the people that hate it the most are also white and yeah, uh, waspy. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just, they just hate Halloween so fucking much. Well, speaking I, I of it, because Halloween of is the best fucking holiday there is. <laughs> well, speaking fucking of, love, I wish it was Halloween right now. It can be in your heart, but yeah. um, it always is. By the way, April thirtieth, it well, Perkishnacht is the Halloween of the spring. So if the more, except that one's more about fucking, but like, you know, we don't have to have that part. It's not as good to go to your neighbor's house on that day. Yeah. So it's regular Halloween if you do it, right? Right, exactly. So like, That's sort of the bonus round on Halloween. Well, Fergus is like the main event, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, you've got to celebrate summer ween. you got to get out your uh, Jack O'Melon. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of white people and swingers, that fucking like Regency Baroque party that Allison's family was putting on, like Allison was leaving because that was going to be an orgy. That's the only possible way that a Halloween costume or that a Halloween party in a town that size has that intricate of a costume. If it's if this is actually an orgy. Yeah, if this is eventually because yeah. that was, that was doing straight up there. Straight up eyes wide shut. Yeah, they're doing Before an eyes wide eyes shut wide in there. Shut. But what I think actually, like for at least like, you know, the cis white gay community, yeah. the last time I watched this movie was with a flock of gays, which is about five to seven. Yeah. And that does feel like the best environment to watch this movie in, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, based on that experience, that it's about sort of self-inserting into the Sanderson sisters with you and your other gay friends. Yeah, it's about being a coven. Sharing your hatred for children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so I think it's that element of that self-insertion and that why it's attractive to those communities and stuff that I add to it. If you could have the drip, if you could have the ability to fly, the magic powers, the the okay. quality, would you? Okay, first of all, I would absolutely do it. Are you but... say, how many children would you murder to get that power? Actually, I was going to say four. that. I was going to say, how many kids would you eat? Or would you four. eat a kid? Four? Look, there's some kids that just have bad vibes. There's some kids that's like, yeah, no. Do you really want to eat kid. a kid with bad vibes, though? I mean... That's that's where I was going. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. You got to have the good vibe. It, it's a real risk reward type of uh, scenario. <laughs> and that's a Victorian child brought... hunting you, just standing in your your hallways, pointing at things. You brought up their ability to fly, and one thing this movie introduces that doesn't follow up on that I would love to see get focused on is the three random little girls who steal the actual flying broomsticks. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, those like, girls. I want to see those girls. You know, do what, those girls, like, did they fall out of the sky when the witches died, or do they just have permanent flying broomsticks now, and, like, that's their whole deal, and, like, they're you know, in a whole other fucking movie? You know what their names are? 
Nancy. Fuck was the other ones. We Nancy. know where this is going, but fuck, I can't remember their other names. Out of the Rachel True. <laughs> I'm glad you introduced this question and then did not know the answer, Emily. <laughs> I didn't do any research. Whatever. Joe, I've done this podcast long enough to know. Uh, I know where this is going is never a thing that should be said about when Emily is talking. <laughs> <laughs> so how oh. many kids would you eat? So fly? I don't think I, I could. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm boring like that. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I, was, I was having this conversation with my roommate about the morality of the witch and the vavish juicing a baby for flight. Because I feel like I'd overpromise. Like I'd say four and then I get through two kids. I've been like, man, I'm starting to feel bad. Hey, it's like, man, I've already killed two. Like, I guess it's sunk cost fallacy. Might as well kill two more kids. It's just like Kim Sung. You know, at that point, I'm wanted for like killing two kids. I better go all the way and get that flight so I can get away at that point. It's like, it's like once you start, you got to go all the way. Alicia, the fun don't stop. I don't blame you if you want to cut this. No, I apologize. Don't you cut a goddamn thing. I just know no, I Alicia does not approve of child uh, endangerment and smash cut to Ben Khan getting like fired from all books. Quote, yeah, I'd probably kill about four kids. End quote. But you'd feel bad, and that's the important thing. Yeah. I'd feel, yeah. And then be like, oh, well, if you, if you, if you listen more, they'd say they'd, feel, they'd kill two before they feel bad, so but really, have... they, they'd definitely be a child murderer. But Note that if... we here progressively horrified do not endorse juicing babies. We don't. We prefer especially... your babies go unjuiced. Especially before... And, and that, and you can anyway, vote for that. I'm just a baby every month, but um, thanks for ignoring that I said that. Was that what we were doing, or was it just more a little stunned silence? Yeah. In 1693, the morality of baby juicing, does that which, is that which morally evil, or is this, is she just managing her resources? But but speaking of 1693, this okay. is going to be so out of left field, and okay. there's no other better way for me to come up with a segue for this. We're already you know in left field. We, you know what we didn't have? In 1693, margarine. We didn't yeah. have margarine until 1869. So why the about, hell yeah. would Mary Sanderson suggest cooking scrod with a little margarine? Because they picked up on the uh, contemporary references real quick. Listen, there's a margarine creating spell in the spell book. There's a point where they're driving away from the witch's house and the witches are chasing them on the broomsticks. And fucking Winnie comes up to the window and asks if he has his learner's permit. And I was like, what the fuck does Winnie Sanderson know about learner's permits? They've been, they've been. the 1600s. Like, not learner's permits, not licenses, not cars. Like this, yeah. this movie really relies on a lot of fish out of water comedy, except for when they inexplicably know hyper-specific references. Well, they're witches. The yeah. devil gives them the power to enjoy the taste of margarine and pretty Wait. dresses. But like, but yeah, exactly. Like the learners, the stuff they seem really fine with indoor electricity and cars, and like being in cars, like in, in a way where it's just like you can't be a witch not adaptable. I do like that they are routinely tricked just by being told things are things. Like they're just told that sprinklers are burning water. 
And they legitimately just ride on the ground for a solid three minutes. Well, listen, they were still cooling off from being dead for 300 years. Like, I feel like there's a moment, like, when when finally, when Winifred is like, wait a minute, this is a party. This isn't a Sabbath. Like, that, I mean, this is a, this is a fucking vanilla party. <laughs> it it <laughs> took them way too long to get there. It took it, them so long to get there. But once they got there. With a headlight, they tricked them with a headlight. A thing the sisters have now seen many of by this point in the film. But they were pink. They put a filter over the headlight. Whoa. They did put a filter over it. That's true. So tricky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, that's also that that's same scene is where uh, the bullies are sitting there picking on him and calling him Hollywood in their little cages. And Winnie picks up on the fact that it's funny to, for some reason to call him dude. Like the bullies are like, yeah, it's hilarious. Also, the bullies who is this family's house that is just letting a whole gang of bullies hang out right outside their stoop just mugging children for candy probably one of the parents like of the bullies like that's his house right like that's yeah. jay or ice's house right yeah i thought it was incensed that they well, were literally taking candies from babies yeah like it's just that's so wrong why did they do that and I was like, oh, it's so you don't have to feel bad about anything that happens to them after this point. In the <laughs> I have less sympathy for the bullies than I do the Sanderson sisters. And I don't think that I'm I'm a minority in this. Oh, like, no. yeah. yeah, I think we all have less sympathy. No, the, Sanderson, the Sanderson sisters are charismatic and only, you know, kill one girl. And as far as These I know, bullies, it doesn't matter like, how many so kids. many kids and they're yeah. not charismatic. It doesn't matter how many kids these bullies steal candy from. They don't seem to get the power of flight. And that's really, I think we've established that's our line right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I wish the magic of the powers were, like, a little more consistent. Because it's like, they're really powerful, except when they can't be because the movie would end. Yeah, I kind of brought, I kind of accepted that as sort of par for the course for a movie that just, Oh, yeah fucking paper thing but like yeah, they they do manage to hypnotize an entire party full of adults into dancing themselves possibly to death if they hadn't been stopped they um, only have so many spell slots okay i mean they did have to dance until about 6 a.m i'm like a few of them had to have actually died oh yeah there's, oh, yeah. there's corpses in that place yeah <laughs> city hall is strewn with corpses <laughs> yeah i i do have to say this movie as far as racial and social justice, the closest it comes to having any sort of reference to it is the racist ass candy that's in the Sanderson's house that, that Alicia noticed. Yeah, it's got some some really horrible Asian stereotypes on the the candy. Apparently, it's real candy, so I don't know how much the movie can be blamed for that. But yeah, it's what yeah. cherry clan or yeah, know. this is it's it's not good. Yeah. Very yeah. That's the closest they have to any real like racial representation besides background characters in this movie. As yeah. we said, it's very yeah. white. And this movie At doesn't least... care about class either. It's everybody yeah. is sort of upper middle class in this film. I mean, I guess good on the, uh, the candy company for choosing the red chew candy as opposed to the lemon candy. Yeah, I mean they already had lemon heads. That's yeah. that's locked down. Yeah. But I mean, to be racist at or with I don't know. The, <laughs> the candy's racist, whatever. I mean, we are also like, you know, in terms of Asian representation, we're only a few years out from like 16 candles. So, you know, 
This is still an broken era where it's, this is still an era where it's disturbingly common for a gong sound effect to accompany an Asian character's dialogue. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not great. It's it's it is not great. But you know, pretty it, bad one would in fact argue. Well, these movies didn't do so hot. And I referenced like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Secret of the Ooze, and that movie is a lot better at Asian representation than many films that don't feature mutant turtles. Hell yeah, fucking Secrets of the Ooze has got the Surf Ninja in it. It's got the Surf Ninja. Um, Fuck yeah. You got Ernie Reyes Jr. Just fucking kicking ass. Yeah, I love that kid. I had such a crush on that kid. Fuck yeah. Now, I haven't seen seen it in about... mm, probably about 22 years and i'm very afraid to see it in case it does not hold up which it probably won't but i remember surf ninjas being pretty badass oh i i was talking about secret of the ooze i don't remember surf ninjas other i've i remember seeing it even fucking kidding me was like secret of the ooze is like not as good as the first one yeah i i watched surf ninjas fairly recently why just out of curiosity. For, for, for a different, like, a stream for for pop culture philosophers. Oh, nice. It was, nice. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, hold um, up. it's, it would a movie? do very well in multiple categories featured on this channel. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no, I remember it being, <laughs> again, did not pick up when I was a kid, but now even just the vaguest. Yeah surface level memories are like oh yeah that movie was crazy misogynistic like just women existed to be objectified in surf ninja that was their only role yeah bad movie definitely i i'm guessing with rob schneider in the cast in the year it came out and i'm guessing there's just some rob schneider was in that movie. really oh rob schneider's in that movie i'm guessing there's some really also doesn't that movie end with leslie nielsen grabbing his dick to death no, he, yeah, but then he, like, hits water, and the water's what kills him because he's a robot guy. Right. But, uh, but yeah. And Maybe having, I haven't seen Surf Ninjas. You know what? Maybe it's good that I just don't see this movie. Don't. Again. Don't do it. It's You'll be sad. Let's just let this one stay in the memories. I'll just take y'all, y'all's word for it that those are things that happened in that film, because I swear I, I think, saw that film. You think I think it would be better or worse? Three Ninjas. I think it would be better or worse now than Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Ooh. Yeah, but that one had Hulk. Yeah, but that yeah. had the Hulkster. Yeah, who's turned yeah. out to be a real racist shithead and is into Scientology now. Oh, he now. did. Wow. Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. into Scientology now? He's into Scientology stuff now. Yeah, I think, you know, as I remember as a kid watching wrestling and being really into, like, there's sort of this holy trinity of Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and the Ultimate Warrior. And yes. who knew that it would turn out that Randy Savage was the only like sane and decent one of those guys? <laughs> Very fair. Yeah, Hulk Hogan is turning out to be racist and horrible, and uh, like Ultimate Warrior was like racist on another insane level, and also was way coked out of his mind for most of the time he was a wrestler. I mean, yeah, I mean, Ultimate Warrior, but in, I mean. Was that just guy just putting taking his cornflakes and like just making them into frosted flakes, but with cocaine instead of sugar? That's how it seems from from hearing people talk about it. I mean, it's amazing that like 
every time I see a video of Ultimate Warrior, I'm amazed his heart doesn't explode right there on camera. You know, it's remember, Macho Man Cries too. Oh, hell yeah. Macho Man's the fucking man. Yeah. So, so Hocus Pocus, it gave the gays a lot. It's not, not, you know, it's, it gave us some absolutely delightful, wonderful women characters. It is fucking white. It's incredibly white. It's, you know, it's, it's white. It's a Disney like TV movie. And it's that this, came out in the yeah it came out in the theater because Disney. TV. This movie is as white as the fucking khaki section at Kohl's. But 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 to be clear too with the with the like LGBT related stuff too it's not it, it actually gave, sexually yeah gay. there is no yeah, action it, it is a completely straight storyline where queer people don't yes. like technically exist unless you know the standards but they're talking about boyfriends but who I don't want anyway. Yeah, it's, I would give it's, it more to just I'm just fucking getting some fucking vibes from Thackeray. Sure. A little bit. Yeah. Wait, is that why it's Thackeray? Was it? Oh, no. Was it because he's gay? Was this homophobic? Is it Thackeray homophobic being gay? All homophobic. Oh, boo. Thackeray and his best friend Elijah. Thackeray. No, it's too easy. Fuck. No, bad. Uh, oh no! Oh, we ruined it. We ruined it for ourselves. We did. We really did ruin it. Oh, wh- curse you, brain! Why do you always go that next step? Of I mean, taking good things and then ruining them. I love it, but that's it. My... Does make for some fun podcast. That is, it is good content. Hey, content. So, guys, do we uh, exist? Do we recommend? <laughs> do we recommend people watch Hocus Pocus? Oh, yeah, I watch this oh, movie pretty yeah. much every Halloween. I mean, like it's a Oh yeah, this is as fun a Halloween sta- like staple as you'll get. Like this is if you got kids, nieces, nephews, if you just want something innocent, campy, and fun as hell. Like, oh yeah, this is a great October watch. Yeah, there are worse ways to spend ninety six minutes. And if this movie were made today, there is no way in hell it would be rated just straight up PG. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, I will say one thing about this movie is that there are some the. They're they're cartoony, but there are scenes of cat death, which for me, I can't I can't watch the part where he's like on the ground, like the cat is on the ground after the bus ran over him. Even though it's very much a very the cat dull... reinflation is that's a cool that's an interesting wild. effect. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was still like, you know, as someone who is a, a time honored owner of black cats and has a very like you know loves my loves my black cats, it's hard. But that's that's me. But you know what? I'll you know apparently we'll murder children for the power of flight and witchcraft. Yeah. So that's where our morality is. So you know, just you know, for a movie that is like super family, I guess I got the PG rating because every child came out of that movie. Every young child came out of that movie asking their parents what what a virgin was because they would not let those kids you know like nobody was gonna go out of that movie who didn't know what a virgin was and not like think it was a thing you know like they were like wait a minute what do they mean by virgin mommy what's a virgin like so many oh, talks. Yeah, there's a lot of that. It's me there. They're people yeah. from Virginia. Yeah. You know, so obviously he's not a virgin. <laughs> he's from California. Yeah. And yeah. in Massachusetts, it's right there. That does remind me of the time a kid got sent out of the principal in fourth grade for calling another kid a lesbian. 
And afterwards, I asked him what lesbian meant, and he just shrugged him. I'm like, I think it's a country. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely like if, if you ever watch as a kid, it's a good revisit. If you have kids or you know younger people to watch it with, definitely. I could see like like if you're just like you know it, it's good in a party situation. I think if you're oh, like in your watch, if you're in like your like you know thirties, forties, fifties, you you know etc. and you are completely unaware of this somehow and are just like, you know, like soberly watch it in like that void by, you know, you're, you're probably not going to, you know, enjoy it in that context. I feel, but like, you know, if you have the nostalgia for it, if you have kids to watch it with, or you're in that, or you're in like a group setting, like I, I think it works. Honestly, Again, if, you, if you're not aware of what is happening with this movie's like complete <laughs> Yeah. I think that, you know, like, you, you gotta appreciate just yeah. how dated it is. We appreciate oh, Dracula. Sure. Oh, yeah. Addition, if you are already a Disney adult who is just waiting for permission to watch this movie for the 20th time, in which case, fucking go for it. Here is your permission. Yeah. yeah, we're giving you permission. Go watch it. Yeah, this was a staple in my house growing up. We had the VHS. And just It was just on all the time. You know, it was just one of the, it was in heavy rotation for quite a while. Yeah, of, of of movies that I liked when I was younger that have Thora Birch in them, it's much easier to rewatch this one than American Beauty. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's it, it definitely got more, yeah, definitely an easier watch. Yeah, this one did age better than American Beauty. Let me tell you what. On, on levels, there's levels to Oh, it. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, man. And for my recommendation, I... You know, I mentioned it in a list, but I think this pairs very nicely on a Halloween playlist alongside uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Watch the Vivitch if you want the Sanderson Sisters backstory. <laughs> if you want the Christopher Nolan reboot of the Sanderson Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> Sanderson, Thomason. Winifred begins. <laughs> yeah, Thomason did not juice a baby to fly. She they do there fly at the it. end, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, she didn't have to. I don't know what they had. I don't know what they had to juice to fly at the end of that, though. I mean, her whole family died, but you know, she just put her name in the book, and and like, you know. Anyway, so spoilers: The Witch, and also, if you want to see a movie that's a family movie but features a lot of campy shit and actors just having the time of their lives being evil, Hook. That movie, so much fun. Also, Dante Bosco. We've got Rufio. <laughs> that movie is a is a delight. I it's... still quote that movie to this day. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook with yeah. that that fantastic dude. Who's the Who's the guy? Who's his name? Uh, There's like me. Uh, Mario, uh, Mario. Hoskins. Bob yeah. Hoskins. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so sorry. Bob Hoskins is the one I always quote because he has the, all the best. Like, yeah, because this this weekend somebody said something about having an epiphany and said, Lightning has just struck my brain. Um, yes. <laughs> description okay. of having an epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. What's that movie? It's fucking fantastic. Do, do you have a recommendation for people? Yeah. No, I said it's, you know, it's, probably good in in most circumstances unless you're you're not really familiar with the movie and you're seeing it in like a void in a void 
Like, like if you're just like, you know, like you're completely unaware of this and you're like an adult who's not like in the mood to watch it, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like oh, this is just a movie I heard of and without any context, you know, you, you, you might not enjoy it in that sense. But like if, if you have the nostalgia for it or if you know what you're getting into, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My recommendation would be if if you like Hocus Pocus and you're looking for something sort of like it to watch and. There's just not enough menacing of children in this movie for you. Watch the original, the the original, The Witches, from 1990, starring oh, Angelica yeah. Houston as the yeah. as the main witch. Equally as, if not more, fantastic on the witches' side, and much because it's a Roald Dahl book, is not afraid of of hurting and or killing children. Yes. Also, Witches of Eastwick, where the Sanderson sisters like make it essentially and yeah that one has share so we'll ca- we'll talk about it someday it's a, never a bad time to have share indeed darren share like yeah and and i yeah I, I can't think of an actual recommendation i'm sorry that i i missed that one up i'm just like i can't figure it out <laughs> it's, no, it's tough i always forget fucking yeah everybody. well no because i mean this is such a specific kind of kids movie you know what actually now I'm talking myself into it. Do you guys remember, or anyone here remember that movie for, uh, oh my God, like Tim Curry is in it? Legend? No, but it's that like, it's that Halloween movie about, it, it's, oh my God. The Worst the Witch? The Worst Witch? Yes, The Worst Witch. Oh, yes. hell yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was like, actually, hell you yes. know what? Yes, that's yeah. it. That's it. I that's figured it out. I knew it. Yeah, that's the, the, one. the worst you wish. You did it. That that song towards the end is incredible. Oh my! And you can listen God. to it on its own. It's, it's on YouTube by itself. Look up anything can happen on Halloween. The worst wish. Tim Curry. Any of those. Yeah. If you ever wanted a an, to watch an ad for the video toaster starring tim curry it was an old like video editing gimmick program that is basically an ad for the video toaster because it's all like super gimmicky 100 1990s effects <laughs> although there were some actually really great practical effects in that movie too which you know the worst wish is actually pretty cute it's pretty cute yeah i feel like we've hit all the all the potential recommendations other than like halloween town but you know yeah, Halloween Town has Debbie Reynolds in it, so you should just watch that anyway. Yeah, all right. I think that does it for us, Joe. Did you want to let people know where they can find out what you're up to online? Sure, on, on Twitter, I'm at Joe Corallo. That's J O E C O R A L L O, and on Instagram, I'm at Corallo Joe. Nice. Awesome. Go friend. Go join. Go go find Joe, listener, or else I will track you down and make you. <laughs> I will fly to your house. And cackle outside. She will. She's done it before. As for the rest of us, you can find Emily cackling outside your house or at Megamoth on Twitter or <laughs> at Mega underscore Moth on Instagram or at Megamoth.net. Ben is on your Twitter at Ben the Con and on their website at BenConComics.com where you can pick up all of their books, including a pre-order link to L. Campbell Wins Their Weekend, their debut middle grade novel from Scholastic. And finally, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome 58 and on my website at jeremywhitley.com, where you can find everything I wrote, I write, including the brand new The Dog Night, just out now. 
And of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified, on our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, and on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod, where we'd love to hear from you. And speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you'd rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It helps new listeners to find us. Thanks again to Joe for joining us, and thanks to my my co-host, as always. And Ben, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you for Thank existing. You for- Yes. Uh, continue, sister. Please continue. I, I, will, I will do my success. best. Yeah. I will do my best. Thank you for coming back with me on this blast of the past of a fun movie. So glad yes. you guys talked about Absolutely. it. Thank you to all of you for joining us as well. And until next time, stay horrified. Clap. Clap. <laughs>